My name is Julia um, and I live in Rome. I was born here and uh, I've lived here most of my life with a quite big gap of about seven years where I've lived uh, between the UK and South America. But this is definitely home. <laughs> where, <laughs> and I've got, yeah. Yeah, where, where did you go in the UK? And, and... I, I lived in London because I did my PhD there. So it lasted a bit longer than I had uh, expected. So I spent quite a while there. And uh, afterwards, I stayed and uh, worked a bit uh, before deciding it was time to come back here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what do you work at? So I work in an international organization uh, focusing on land rights, land tenure rights. Um, and uh, it's, um, well, my office is here in Rome. It's an organization that works uh, in many countries all over the world. Um, so, yeah. And do you have a particular specialization yourself? Well, my... It's pretty broad. My studies, uh, my, my PhD was in development studies, so it's a quite broad concept. <laughs> uh, but um, I focused on uh, agriculture and uh, food and agriculture, biodiversity in agriculture. So this is what my research was about. And then, uh, well, um, in the organization, in the organization where I work now, um, I've shifted a bit my focus on land rights. But definitely, like my entire professional life has been in between topics like uh, indigenous peoples, agriculture, climate change. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. mm, I'm a what? social scientist, so I always <laughs> want to specify that. So, um, yeah. Uh, what are you working on at the minute, particularly? Uh, it's actually something quite relevant to the crisis we're <laughs> currently experiencing because um, my focus right now is inequality and more specifically on land inequality. So um, we are really looking at um, whether people uh, have access to land, can use the land the way they see fit and can actually benefit from everything that comes from the land. And we can see there are a lot of different uh, ways really uh, of experiencing inequality uh, as regards well, land. Uh, and of course, this research project is also connected with uh, inequality more broadly speaking so uh, we are trying to link uh, the focus of our research initiative to different forms of inequality uh, and definitely I think the the crisis we are uh, living now uh, has shown is showing us how really unequal our society is so really when they tell you you should stay at home you give it for granted that everyone has a home or that everyone can stop working or you know just stay at home for a period of time and we don't even know how long this period of time will be uh, and you realize that many people don't even have the privilege you know of uh, thinking in those terms so i think it's very relevant this kind of work to, to what we're experiencing right now
Are, are you focusing on a particular country with regards to that? Um, no, actually, we're looking at a number of, of countries with some case studies, so really um, with experts in those countries that will uh, really give us uh, a deep dive in the different issues linked with land inequality in specific countries, but we're also uh, looking at broader issues uh, with a more global focus. Right. So, so is it typically that that people who are in the most vulnerable situations don't have options for changing their lifestyle in any way? Mm, this is a very difficult question, but I would say sometimes, yes, they don't really have uh, options. I mean, people get creative and really try to get out of their um, of, of the situation of vulnerability they live into uh, in the most creative ways, really. So they find uh, alternative ways, you know, of mm. producing food, for example, or um, of adapting to the um, changed climate conditions that they are experiencing in their land. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I think some people are really left without any other options. So that's why many people live in, in poverty and uh, are deprived of, you know, all the, um, yeah, all the means and the, you know, nice things that we enjoy in our daily life. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this on Tuesday, April the 14th, 2020. So um, what's the current situation where you are in Rome as of today? Um, so the situation right now is that we're still uh, in this condition of lockdown uh, and it's lasted now for several weeks. Honestly, I don't even remember how many at this point. I think uh, we've been <laughs> like this in about a month. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, things are, uh, I guess, slowly uh, changing in the sense that we know that in the country um, the numbers of contagions and deaths have been going down for a few days now. So uh, people are less afraid than they were, let's say, last week. So we've noticed that a few people have started you know, walking around and going out, but just a little bit. Otherwise, it's the same as it was in the past weeks. Uh, very silent, very quiet, uh, no cars, no noises, apart from ambulances, really. And uh, it's very different than, than than it was before, I guess. So, yeah, we're all here at home, all shops shut down. Just the supermarkets are open. We, are, are you from Rome? Yes. So, I'm so, from Rome. so, what's that city like to anyone who hasn't been there? Can you describe it for me before? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think Rome is very uh, similar to how people would normally imagine it. <laughs> it's often romanticized, whereas people who live here know that Rome has got many problems. But uh, definitely it's a city full of people. It's very often sunny and bright. And uh, it's just, you know, really amazing in terms of 
things you can see, uh, the famous monuments, the architecture, and I mean, I'm really, I mean, I really like Rome, so <laughs> I am a bit biased here, but uh, definitely it's a city full of people, normally full of tourists. And for example, I live in an area that is, um, well, not in the center, but not too far from the center. It's one of those, I guess, strategic areas where tourists would normally uh, find an accommodation if they want to, to visit Rome. So I can see, you know, the groups of people or, you know, the tourists uh, who, who come here. So it's a very uh, busy city with a lot of traffic and a lot of noise. And now it's uh, for sure very, very, very different. Yeah. Definitely the absence of tourists is something that you can really notice. For sure, it's a huge damage to the economic life of the city. And yeah. we know that after this, uh, well, health uh, crisis is over, we're going to experience an economic crisis. Um, and also, I mean, it's just surreal. <laughs> so I would say maybe it's it, it, it could be a relief to be in a city without any traffic you know and without the crowds moving around but um not not like this yeah i, I mean it is strange to be mm, yeah where everything is on pause right it's a, it's a very odd um feeling right it is, especially because, uh, I mean, we're not supposed to get out of the house. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely we, my husband and I, even with our little daughter, we have uh, gone outside for very short walks around, really around the block. And, and we have really noticed, I mean, it's something that you really feel like this silence and this uh, strange feeling of people uh, not talking to each other and avoiding each other because this is I guess something else that's quite uh, typical of Rome the fact that you normally talk to people when you meet when you meet them in the streets so, um, mm -hmm. like we have a little daughter and it's very common that people uh, stop and talk to us, talk to her, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and now this doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. It's a bit, uh, yeah, it's a bit strange. Has it been hard for you? Are, you? are you able to, have you been able to see your parents and your your extended family or? No, no, that's another, yeah, no, that's another, I guess, difficult part because my parents live in Rome, but they live in a different area, and uh, I haven't been able to see them. Uh, now we're thinking that maybe in the next few weeks we'll try to see if there is a way, but uh, so far I should have, you know, written a false, basically, self-declaration to go and see them, and um, I, I didn't do that. And my brother lives in Milan, so definitely haven't been able to see him right right how, how do you feel the how do you feel the um government has dealt with it over the period of the last month say well uh, most people would tell you that the government has dealt with this crisis quite well so i think most people were relieved that right now we don't have in power some like other politicians 
Italy has seen in the last few years that would have probably dealt with this much worse. Many have uh, complained that the government has responded too late to the crisis, but I think that it's really something of precedent. So um, I don't feel like saying they should have done it differently or they could have done it better because no one was really expecting this to be so serious and that it would last so long. So I think when everyone has realized that this was going to hit us so badly, um, they have really done what what they could. Of course, I mean, some things could have done uh, could have been done differently, um, but uh, I mean, I really can't complain. Maybe I would have liked, you know, to uh, be able to um, just take my child out, uh, like people with pets are allowed to do, <laughs> you know, uh, take her out for for walks, or uh, I would have liked uh, the categories, you know, of people who can move to be better defined. So, for example, my husband is currently still unsure whether it's okay or not to go out of the house to work. <laughs> so there are some, you know, blurry lines mm -hmm. that could have been better defined. But overall, I think it was something so unexpected. What does your husband work at? He's, he's an artist. He, he's, he, he paints us paintings. So he is going to his uh, studio and carrying on with his work. He doesn't see anybody, you know, but definitely he does get out and go to work. Mm -hmm. He does definitely uh, one of those jobs that the government hasn't thought of. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, I mean, we think it's it's okay, it's safe. He has uh, written his own uh, declaration that he is just going there and back, you know, so in case they stop him, it should be fine. So are you able to, so do you basically print something out on the computer and then fill it in yourself, declaring where you're going and how long you're going to be? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. So there, there are this, it's called autodivierazione. And uh, periodically it changes because they rephrase it slightly depending on the, the decree that it's uh, uh, enforced in that moment. Uh, and yeah, you print it out and fill it out and you have to carry it with you. And um, I mean, what I know is that the police has been uh, checking a lot and um, Many people have been stopped and they have been very strict. So many people have been fined, but my husband has never been checked. So we don't know. We have phoned the police, though, to ask <laughs> if that was allowed. And, and, and have, have the police in general been fairly, um, what would I say, proportionate in how they've dealt with things, do you think? or? Oof. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, no, I think well, the police, of course, uh, do what uh, what what the rules uh, say yeah. and what they're told. 
but um, because I have many contacts and friends who are uh, very actively involved in, uh, for example, providing assistance to all these people who uh, are homeless uh, or to the um, migrants and refugees in Rome. I know that these people who, of course, don't have a home, they have been fined by the police for being around. So, I mean, yeah, I think... If there are economic um, measures in place to help people, I guess then that anyone who's a refugee, anyone who's in a situation where they don't have an address won't actually benefit from any of that. Would that be right? So, yes, I think definitely there are, um, I mean, funds and mechanisms, you know, put in place to to help these people. But, uh, I mean, how do you reach them? No. So at the beginning, uh, most people who were living in the street were caught by surprise by all this and all the um, organizations that are active in this uh in, in in this um, area, they have immediately taken action. But still, there are people who are out there. Some of them don't want to be, you know, uh, taken or forced to uh, live in these, you know, uh, centers. Or uh, some some people have got issues, you know, with right. yeah. uh, their uh, legal. Uh, situation in the country, for example. So um, there has to be some sort of perhaps more informal protection that in these situ- emergency you know, situations anyway gives to these people the basic things to survive. And is that is that the kind of thing that your friends are are helping provide? Yeah, what they do is to provide well food and uh, just uh, the also uh, protection to avoid getting sick Mm -hmm. and um, and of course uh, yeah clothes and uh, blankets and this sort of uh, sort of things. So, so do you have any sense then? I mean, I know it's hard to say at this stage, but do you have any sense of what Italy will look like when you come out of this, if it's in three weeks, if it's in five weeks? I mean, are, are people talking about it as being a, a moment where everything will have changed in some way? or It's very difficult to, to imagine how Italy will look like. Um, because I must say, uh, you you can get very contrasting feelings, and you can hear very different opinions even by listening to the news. Because um, some people say that we will definitely be, you know, more united, more conscious of the fact that we are together, you know, that we are a community. And so there will be more awareness overall in society of, you know, inequality that uh, is there, of what we have and what we can give to other people. So definitely in this crisis, we're all, we've all felt uh, 
more, you know, good, no? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and with very positive feelings. But then uh, I fear that when this will be over, we'll be literally fighting over, you know, what, for example, the government is going to give. And uh, a lot of people, even in politics, uh, will try to benefit from 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 this uh, crisis uh, to 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 get well more votes and more uh, visibility and this is already happening now uh, I must say so for sure I mean how is it how is it happening now uh, well there there are some politicians uh, mostly uh, I mean in the opposition that are. Uh, openly criticizing the actions of the government, uh, of course, also by making use of, uh, well, fake news and uh, all sort of uh, lies uh, to 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 really, you know, disseminate this <laughs> this hatred in in, in people. Right. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, I've already. Uh, I've already heard people, um, you know, describing what will happen after this crisis, crisis um, in a way that makes us think that we will be forced to do certain things like getting a vaccination or, um, you know, uh, keeping uh, distance no, between us or uh, avoiding to do certain things that will be considered unsafe and really depicting all this as almost a dictatorship no, that will, <laughs> will start in the future or anyway a sort of regimen that will be imposed on us. And I mean this sounds a bit scary to me because for sure we will face something like this, no, we will have a lot of restrictions. I don't think that from one day to the next we'll go back to our normal life. It will be gradual and it will be painful, and I'm sure that uh, there will be new rules, like like it happened after 9/11. No, <laughs> there have been new rules that are still uh, there. So even though there hasn't been in a long time, you know, another terrorist attack similar to that one those rules like when traveling for example are still in place so there will be some big changes in our life that will stay for for a long time but we can't start now you know thinking that we will be uh, imprisoned in a new structure because we were even before anyway so imprisoned in a different structure maybe <laughs> <laughs> in a different structure maybe exactly yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Julia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Um, it, it is a very strange experience, and, and day by day, it's interesting that you said you can't even remember when it started. It's almost like it's amazing how quickly it becomes difficult to remember what things were like before. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes, I know, because I have a little baby. Well, uh, she's two, but uh, I think she's already forgotten what it was like before. She's uh, she's got used to this new life, and we have as well. So I don't even remember anymore how it was to just leave the house and go out and go to work and you know have a normal day. 
this is now yeah. our normality. <laughs> yeah. So it will be even more traumatizing when it ends. We'll, we'll not know where to go. <laughs> Well, it is It is this period. It, it, it seems like we're entering a period that's just going to be a period of continual adjustment mm -hmm. and, and, and changing. Or, you know what I mean? Continual change and continual adjustment. And um, and some of it will work out for... Some of it will possibly work out okay and some of it really won't. Mm -mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So, But thank you for being so generous to, to speak to me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks.